So we're going to get to know the Bazers a little bit better. First of all, how long have y'all been married? 18 years. Eight. Oh, Marcy got a ding. There's a buzzer. Okay, I just have to give a visual. Tim leans into the microphone, opens his mouth, nothing comes out, and Marcy's giving him like a three count. Okay, no, I'm going to jump in now. <laughs> Hi, this is Dave Pichet, and I'm a big-ass Clydesdale runner from Milford, Michigan. And I'd like to welcome you to the Big Ass Runner Podcast, where we hope to entertain and encourage trail runners from all over the world. So let's give a big, warm welcome to our prophets of peace and prosperity. I'm talking about our friends from the great state of Texas, none other than Jeff Harrell, and Stephen Pritt. Well, David, first of all, what an amazing voice. Second of all, great job on that intro. We are here in the great state of Texas. Really appreciate that awesome intro. Well, my name is Jeff Harrell, and Stephen Pritt will be joining me here in a second on segment number one. But welcome to the Big Ass Runner. Believe it or not, this is episode number 66 quite amazing it's been that many episodes feels like we just started this podcast just the other day it's been awesome just getting to share with you guys over the last year and a half and we have a great episode planned in fact Stephen and I one of our favorite segments we have several favorites I guess but one of our favorites is my first trail run so segment number one we're going to get to hear from one of our friends Jason Aldridge and his experience in his very first trail run so that's segment number one And then segment number two is one I've been wanting to do for quite a while. I think everyone loves the Bazers. We have Timmy Time, who shares his golden voice with us from time to time. And of course, Marcy Bazer gives us the funny and the unique perspective. We actually have them both on at the same time in a little segment we're calling Meet the Bazers. So look forward to that. But before we do that, I wanted to cover a couple of things. Number one, from last episode, both of these things actually are from the last episode, but number one, we got great feedback on the Coach Greg segment. Really appreciate By the way, if you want to send us feedback on Instagram, DMs or tag us or whatever, we love to hear feedback. We love to hear from you. And also you can email us at jeff at bigassrunner.com. But we got great feedback, and so we are negotiating with Coach Greg to hopefully get him back on the show on a fairly regular basis. So we're going to have Coach Greg back on for sure. And also, if you would like to do any of the following, if you want to do an intro on the show, if you want to share your why I run, if you want to share your first trail race, if you want to share a Beacon of Light review like we heard a few episodes ago, we would love that. This podcast is not you know, Jeff and Steven's podcast. This is certainly the Big Ass Runner Herds podcast. We love to feature our listeners. So if you want to do any of those things, I know a lot of people will contact us through Instagram, but not everybody has Instagram. So please reach out. My email address is jeff at bigassrunner.com. We would love to hear from you. So if you have the desire to do any of those things I mentioned, please let me know. Number two, and I am using number two on purpose. Good God almighty. Last episode, when we were talking with Marcy Baser, you know, first of all, we always feel like we're 
ahead of the curve. We talk about, you know, just the most popular topics. We're ahead, you know, culturally, always cutting edge. You know, if you think about the big S runner, that's probably one of the first things you think of is cutting edge. Well, we talked about a product that Stephen had told Marcy about and Marcy, well, she ordered it right away. That product is something that's going to get mentioned here in a second. You know, there's a guy named Nick Bear. We've shared his audio in here before. And I was watching one of his videos this week and I had to record this session and share it with you. Have a listen to this. This is Nick Bear on Nick's YouTube channel talking about consistency. While we're on the topic of consistency, I do want to give you guys a tip that we really take to heart here at BPN. That is optimizing your number twos through diet, hydration, supplementation, and last but certainly not least, this little thing down here that uh, we have on every single toilet at BPN. We've had it on here for months. I don't know why I haven't told you guys about this yet, but it's game changing. This, my friends, this is the Squatty Potty. The Squatty Potty allows you to get the proper ancestral leverage to maximize and optimize your number twos. Let me demonstrate. I never thought that filming YouTube videos would lead me to this point in my life, but hey, here we are. So let me demonstrate how this works. Typically, you know, I'm just gonna sit here. You'd sit just like this, right? But the Squatty Potty allows you to get into the best position possible. It opens things up and it's just, we haven't been disappointed. I doubt you will either. Well, Nick, you don't have to worry about telling the people about the Squatty Potty because that's what the big ass runner has been doing for a couple of weeks now. Industrial leverage, I think he said, and uh, check out the video. Fortunately, he is fully clothed as he demonstrates the Squatty Potty, but just know that the big ass runner is here for you. So with that, let's get going on episode number 66, The Big Ass Runner. Well, Stephen, I think one of our favorite segments that we do, one of them is why I run, but also another one is my first trail race. And I think it's because it's been a few years since we had our first trail race. Right. And we just love hearing about someone who's fresh off the trail, <laughs> their very first trail race. And we've got a really good one today. Yeah, it's like all those memories of what it was like. I think it's also good for me to kind of like that whole idea of going back to your first love. It's like, yeah, remembering why you're enjoying that race and hearing it from newbies or people that are just experiencing it for the first time. Such a great reminder. Well, we got a great one from Jason Aldridge. And if you recall, Stephen, poor Jason, he discovered our podcast not that long ago. <laughs> yes. And binge listened 60 plus episodes. He had to listen to our dribble. Is it dribble or drivel? Drivel. Yeah. For who knows how long. Yeah. Well, we'll have to make sure that that check gets in the mail to him for actually listening to that for our listening test. But. Exactly. Well, with that, let's hear from Jason Aldridge. Here's Jason's very first trail race. Howdy, big-ass runner herd. This is Jason Aldridge from Cheyenne, Wyoming. 
I was honored when the guys asked me to tell you all about my first trail race that I ran a couple days ago. Prior to that, I had only run two 5Ks and a half marathon. I just started running last year, so I'm pretty green. And I really wanted to run a marathon this year when I turned 50. And I decided rather than a road race, I wanted to make it a trail race. So after searching the interwebs, I found this Blue Sky Trail Marathon, which is down at Horsetooth Mountain Park in Fort Collins, Colorado. And it's only 45 minutes away from here, so I figured, what the heck, let's give it a shot. Now, I'd never been down to the trails and spent any time down there, so I really had no idea what I was getting myself into. I guess the fact that the race is a UTMB qualifier and it's got a cutoff time at nine hours should have gave me some kind of hint, but I really had no idea. So I was studying the course map and just trying to make a plan. Basically, running from aid station to aid station was was my goal. Uh, just break it up into a bunch of smaller segments, and I figured that would make it more manageable for me since I'd never run that far before. So come race morning, it's brisk 30 degrees, and I'm excited that I get to finally try out my new Vander jacket. And man, let me tell you what, that is one awesome jacket. If you don't have one, go get one. You will not be disappointed for sure. Anyway, I digress. So my wife drives me out to the course and get to the start-finish line, and the atmosphere was just awesome. It was amazing. I had never experienced anything quite like this, and surrounded by a bunch of trail runners and all laughing and joking and it was just like a big party at the start line so anyway they start the race and we all start running about three or four abreast and uh, the first mile or so was fairly flat and wide so it was a real nice way to start off but then we get to the section I'd been dreading which was the biggest climb and pretty much everybody started power hiking, except for those elite superhumans up at the front. So I just stayed with the crowd and enjoyed the view of the sun rising over the Horse Tooth Reservoir as we climbed up the mountain. When we got to the top, it started flattening out and started running again. We got to the first aid station and... Um, Best laid plans, you know, instead of stopping and taking a break, I uh, decided to keep going because I was feeling good. So we take the loop that goes around the top of the mountain and it starts heading back down on the trail we came up and I let gravity take over and I just started flying down the mountain and I get down near the bottom and all of a sudden I notice that my back's getting wet. So I stopped and took off my hydro vest and I noticed that my hose is no longer attached to the bladder so I turned around start heading back up the trail and a nice young lady had stopped and picked it up and handed it to me so I reattached it and got my vest back on and started running towards the next aid station which also happened to be mile nine at the start finish line and that's where the uh, drop bags were all stored so I stowed my jacket in my drop bag Got my bladder refilled, ate a gel, and then realized I had forgotten to do so at the first aid station, then headed off on the next four-mile segment, which is uh, the Blue Sky Trail itself. And it's a wide-open space, and it was a fairly gentle incline most of the way, single track, but it was just absolutely beautiful. The sky was as blue as could be, so it lived up to its name. 
So I was just running along, having the time of my life, and I, I look and I see the, the next aid station at the halfway point coming up, and all of a sudden I see another runner heading my way and realized it was the leader. So I stepped off the trail, gave him a salute, and continued on to the aid station. And when I got there, there was this beautiful beacon of light, and sorry I did not make a video review of this thing, but let's just say it was pristine. So I ate another gel and declined all the wonderful food that was at this place. It was definitely more of a comfort station, but I'd never eaten solid food during training, so I figured I better not change things up in the middle of a race. So I continued on, and I was feeling great. I was had that runner's high. I was heading towards the next checkpoint, and all of a sudden, around mile 17, the terrain just got really rough. We're talking jagged rocks and loose shale. It was just really difficult to negotiate. And it was also at this point where I started encountering other runners coming the other way in big groups. And so I had to keep stepping off the trail and I just started getting really tired and frustrated and rethinking my life choices. And <laughs> so I just kept pressing on as hard as it was. And I finally made it to the most southern point of the of the course and that's where the course marshal was and I actually had to stop there and stretch because I was starting to cramp up in my hamstrings and my calves so I stretched massaged myself and took back off and ended up running into a, a group of runners that I kind of hung with for quite a while and we got to the final aid station and I drank some pickle juice, ate some chips, ate another gel, drank some more water and headed on for the last four mile stretch. Now that was probably the hardest four miles of running I've ever done in my life. It's all kind of a blur. I kept pretty much with that same group I'd been running with, but we started spreading out and I felt like I was basically alone in the pain cave. So I get to around mile 25 and I'm running and I just happen to look down and I just barely missed stepping on a rattlesnake that was slithering off the trail and that woke me right up. So I kept pushing on and then finally I can hear the announcer at the finish line. I can hear him say, here's number two, but he's number one in your hearts. It's Jason Aldridge from Cheyenne, Wyoming. Then I hear my wife and my kids cheering for me. And I ran across the finish line, and it was just the best feeling I've ever had in my life. And that was my first trail race, and it definitely won't be my last. Thanks for listening, y'all. Well, awesome job, Jason. And Stephen, it's always the same. When you cross the finish line, you have that euphoric kind of feeling as you you know break the tape. I don't break the tape, but I pretend <laughs> that I do. Right. You forget about all the other stuff, all the bad stuff that's just happened. You're ready for that next trail race. Yeah. No, what a great account, too. I mean, very detailed. And as he was talking, when Jason was mentioning things, it's like, yeah, I totally like that's all those things are kind of surfacing up in my mind. I, I think one of the things I liked where he was talking about, I think we all go through this, and whether it's your first trail race or not, is where you start to question your life's choices. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. I was like, every race, I'm like, why do I do this? Why do I do this yeah. myself? Yeah. Like once you get past like the teens of a 50 K it's like, 
yeah, remind me why. And it's like you start to talk yourself out of it or in it or something like that. But I thought it was really funny. Yeah, there's a lot of funny things that I wrote down. First of all, Jason, I don't care how long it would, you know, I know there was a cutoff. But when you see a beacon of light, you got to do the review, don't you? <laughs> you know, do a quick review. Yeah. Get your phone out. Do, do, do get a little video. <laughs> I'm glad it was pristine, though. That is awesome. Yeah. It sounds like a really nice race director. And I mean, if it's going to be a, a qualifier for UMBT or whatever, then yes, definitely need to have a pristine. And I would also say, Jason, definitely start to work in some real food into your training. I noticed you grabbed some chips at the end. So just imagine that greatness throughout throughout the race, that real food is super, super good. At least I know the first time I had you're eating, you're like, should I be doing this? Should, right. I, be, should I be eating a PB&J? I've got all these miles to go. But definitely recommend it. Yeah, and you can't go wrong. There's never a bad time to have an Oreo. So I'm just saying, as you train, maybe you know, throw a couple double stuffed in your pouch, you know, and then kind of go from there. And Stephen, we are doing a 50k here in a few weeks, and I'm now going to the internet to see if it is a UTMB qualifier. Okay, because <laughs> <laughs> the nine hour cutoff. <laughs> The the uh, the vert and the the nine hour cutoff are good little little signs that this might be a rough one. Yeah, no, this is going to be a definitely harder one for us. It's funny when he was talking about having the feeling the wet on your back and stuff. I've tried different hydration vests where it has the two bottles, ones where you have the bladder in the back, and I remember one race where I'm feeling wet and trying to fix it, and end up I figured out that I had punctured somehow the bottle, but. There's nothing more distracting when you, like the gear on you is not functioning or you don't know what's going on. So you're trying to run, not trip, but you're annoyed by the gear malfunction or the gear issue. Yeah. So when he was saying that, I'm like, totally have been there before, even not as even as a newbie, but just like it's so frustrating. And it's nice to keep your mind off of something, but then it's like distracted because you're frustrated. Because you know? yeah, you're trying to focus and you're like trying to... F- also figure out where is this water coming from? Yeah. Is it coming from me? <laughs> exactly. It's coming from my stuff. What, what's going on here? Am I leaking? I don't know what's going on. <laughs> right. And the last thing I thought was really not funny probably at the time, but kind of gave him a, a, a quick jolt of energy was the rattlesnake. Yeah. You know, we don't have rattlesnakes in this part of Texas that I'm aware of anyway, but I can imagine that'd be a little bit disturbing. Yeah. No, that would definitely wake me up, especially if I saw it or I thought I was going to step on it. But I think one thing he made a really good point about is like you know, different parts of races, you're running by yourself. But when you can find a person or people to run with, especially when you were talking about those last miles, like to me, that's the most blurriest part of the whole entire race. When you've got about 10 to six, you know, four miles and you're like, I just need to gut it out. And typically when you're the last four, you can like, okay, I can do that. But those other last 10 and stuff, you kind of, it's almost like a mirage, like the finish line could have been 30 million miles away, you kind of just lose focus, lose. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but that's how I feel. So I was kind of cool to, to hear him talk about fighting your tribe while you're running and hanging on with them. And then like you said, Jason, you know, when you start hearing people and cheering that second set of adrenaline kicks in and then you're like, okay, yeah, I can do this. I mean, I tell you that having a community, having people to, to do hard things with in a race like this or in life in general, so super important 
Well, Jason, we are very proud of you. Way to go in your very first trail race. A marathon, Stephen, on the trails. It's phenomenal. Yeah, that is just awesome. And just to decide to do it on the trails is, I mean, it's way harder than doing it on the road. I've never done one on the road, but I'm about ready to find out what that is. But I'm just going to go ahead and say it's going to be harder. Yeah, and Jason, I know you want to do more of these. So we need to do one together. At some point, we'll make it happen. Way to go, Jason. That's Jason Aldridge's first trail race. Well, one of the things we absolutely love to do is to give shout outs and kudos to the big ass runners out there just making it happen this week. We have none other than the Andy Allen. You can find him on Instagram at the.andy.allen. Andy ran his third marathon, I believe. He ran the huge Chicago Marathon. Way to go, Andy. And I love a quote that he said on Instagram. He said, It wasn't what I dreamed of, but I ran my race the best I could and will continue to learn and improve. Andy, we're proud of you. Way to go. You rocked the Chicago Marathon. Way to go, Andy. Steven, this is a segment. That we've been talking about doing for quite a while. Did you know that? I did not know that. (laughs) (laughs) And it's because we have, you know, we have Marcy Baser on the show. Yes. Yep. And we have Timmy Time on the show. But. What's up? And a lot of people don't know that they're actually, did you know they're married? I had heard about that. that I I wasn't sure if the rumors were true. But they do seem to be around each other a lot and yeah. they really like each other. They're they're married. And so, you know, a lot of people, for whatever reason, want to get to know the folks on the show a little bit more. And, and so why would you not want to know a Baser? That's I mean, true. I mean that's true. So this is a little segment we're calling Meet the Bazers. I like that. It's like Meet the Falkers. <laughs> it's like Meet the Falkers. Can you milk this? <laughs> that is excellent. I like what you did there. There's no visuals, so you're not missing on anything. <laughs> That's true. We have Marcy here. Marcy with her blonde hair. Hi. And Tim with the brown hair. Whose hair is longer? What's up? Whose hair is longer? Right now, it's probably. I think Timmy Tim's time. is. And I just got it trimmed. You did? Ooh, you did. Wow, nice. I think it was just washed. <laughs> I didn't see any trimming yes. that took place. Look at the back. <laughs> Look at the back. <laughs> so we get to know the Bazers a little bit better. First of all, how long have you all been married? 18 years. Eight. Oh, Marcy got a ding. There's a buzzer. Okay, I just have to give a visual. Tim leans into the microphone, opens his mouth. Nothing comes out. And Marcy's giving him like a three count. Okay, no, I'm going to jump in now. I was just counting Charlie's age. Uh, that's, uh, that's, that's right. Yeah. yeah. That's a good way to do it. I do the same thing with Hannah. Yeah. It is. Just and you have two children. Mm-hmm. You have, we talked about Charlie in the show before. Mm-hmm. She is, she just turned 18. 18. Oh yes. my goodness. No. Wow. It's crazy. And she is a senior in high school. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Does she know where she wants to go to school? I think, Suey! 
Oh, Arkansas. Really? Arkansas. Wow. That's a pretty campus. That came out of left field for us, too. But we are all very happy about it. Because, Marcy, you are from, your family's from Oklahoma. Yes. You're big Sooner fans. That's what we were born. So we Boomer. So we thought that maybe Charlie would want to go to Oklahoma. She always did. She got accepted. And she's doing the curveball and going to yeah, Arkansas. Yeah, which I'm glad. I think it'll be a good fit for her. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. And you have another daughter, Stacy. Yes. Stacy is older than Charlie. Yes. We might need to tell that story a little bit if you're, if you're okay, comfortable telling it. Sure, sure. I was a CASA, if you're familiar with it. It's a court-appointed special advocate for the foster care system for several years. And I met Stacy. She was my last case. And what we were doing with that case is looking for, we're basically case mining is what you call it. Mm -hmm. And you're trying to find somebody because she was aging out of foster care, trying to find anybody back in her past that maybe it wasn't appropriate for her at the time to be living with, but just to be connected to like an aunt, a, a caseworker, a teacher, a grandparent, something. And anyway, so she came into my caseload and she and I met and there was just a part of me that knew from the get go that this kid was going to end up being mine. And I've had a lot. I'd had several before and that was never. It's not like I thought every kid was going to be mine. (laughs) They're all mine. You know, I don't abduct children. I gave (laughs) it up. That's good. I gave it up. Thank goodness. We don't have to call the we're aware of. Yeah. We're not going to talk about that. But so we ended up. Well, first of all, she did come home like the first night after meeting Stacy uh-huh. and said, I just met our daughter. Oh, wow. Said, wow. Well, you just met Charlie? <laughs> you, you've known her for like years. eight, nine. <laughs> Where have you been? <laughs> a, real, a real spiritual experience. <laughs> and it wasn't because she was so sweet and loving. <laughs> none of those things were present at the time. At the time. She's a pretty hard case. She'd been in care for 10 years mm. and had been in 20-something placements at this point. Oh, my goodness. So she had a, a real tough exterior. Mm-hmm. And is, um, is 18 the age that they that they age out of foster? So she's about 18 was. at the time? She was 17, 17 and okay. getting ready to turn 18. Her last placement, the one that I was working with her in, became abusive. Mm. And I whistle blew, basically. And CPS came in and had to shut the house down. And there was seven 17-year-old teenage girls living there. Oh, man. I mean, I... Can you even imagine living with seven 17-year-old girls? I know. Yeah. So at that point, they had kicked Stacy out before that even happened. I'm kind of backing up a little bit. Down, well, we shut it down afterwards. We, She was picked. They threw her out of the house one time, and she had to go to school. The police came and picked her up. And let me tell you, she's she says she's 5'4", but I think this kid's about 5'1". <laughs> and she's just... Maybe she's in heels. Eight. She's definitely. She's oh an yeah, she's yeah. an eight. She's an eight. She doesn't claim to be an eight though. She doesn't claim to be an eight. Eights, eights don't claim to be eights. Well, that's, that's I do. Loud and proud, babe. Well, that's true. Not, <laughs> not Most of them well. don't recognize right, right. the rates. Anyway, they took her to school. The police ended up taking her to school that day, and I'd been her casa for about a month, and. They were like, "Do you have anyone you can call?" You know, we called your CPS caseworker. They're trying to figure something out. There's just not a lot of homes for teenagers. Nobody mm-hmm. wants teenagers. They, you know, they're scared of them. I, I get it. And she said, "Yeah, I've I've got this girl Marcy I can call." 
And I mean, I was a girl's full grown woman. So <laughs> she had the counselor, the guidance counselor call me and they just said, you know, this is what's happened. Stacy is now homeless. I'm like, all right, I'll be to school in a minute. I called her a CPS caseworker and they're like, yeah, we can't find a placement for her. I think we're going to have to take her to the shelter, mm. which that's like an adult shelter. I'm like, yeah. whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, well, cause she was getting ready to turn 18. Anyways, I said, I'm picking her up. I'm taking her to my house. Well, that breaks all the rules. And they're like, well, we can't do that. You can't do that. Da, da, da. You're not a foster care home. You're not licensed. Da, da, da. I was like, that's what I'm doing. This is where I'm taking her. We'll figure it out. And she was like, I was like, you got no other place to put her. I mean, right. yeah. <laughs> what's, what's really the better option here? Right. And she's like, uh, uh, okay, let me make some calls. She goes, okay, call me back. I've already got Stacy. She's at my house. They sent somebody out to, you know, like, she can stay tonight. We'll just make sure your house is safe enough for one night, basically. And I'd been working within the system, so I kind of knew people to call, things to say, what to do, and basically got her in my house as fictive Ken, which is like a friend of the families, even though obviously it wasn't. I've known the kid a month and she's been with us ever since. She <laughs> she turns 26. Uh, she was 17. Nine years. 27? She turns 27 this year. Oh my gosh. Almost How old years. am I? Wow. <laughs> 41. Teen-ish. <laughs> I think I was all aged back a year. Oh my goodness. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, the kids are all super old now and she is yeah. just She's married. Yeah, she's married. We're grandparents. grandparents. She she's got a, a wonderful, sweet little Georgia bender. <laughs> and and her sweet little husband. She's just got this great family and she's definitely not the the kid who wouldn't speak to us <laughs> that we she had. Works with me. Yeah, she works at Tim's That's office right, she now. Works with she's that. running the show up in that mm-hmm. job. Oh, wow. Because yep. yeah. she's an eight. You needed an eight. Oh, yeah. You needed an eight. Yeah. Yeah, if you're wondering what we're saying when we say seven or eight, Enneagram. Right. We're big fans of it, so check it out. Enneagram sevens eight. are the best. Sevens are the best. Me, Steven, and Tim all happen to be sevens. It's so amazing. Yeah. And they're humble. <laughs> so humble about it. Humility <laughs> is our best strength. <laughs> so that's super cool. Now, Timmy Town, tell us about you. You grew up in the Texas area, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. I grew up, I was born in Tyler. And nice. And moved to College Station. And, and you- then moved to Bryan. Ooh, and then moved giggle. to Plano. And then moved to Southern California where I did high school. I forgot you were in California mm-hmm. for a while. Yep. Wow, yep. I didn't high know that. school years in California. Huh. That's where you got your hair. That's where I got the hair. <laughs> yep, the golden yeah. tones, the golden locks. Yeah, all. And you've always things. been a runner. No, <laughs> <laughs> no. I used to think running was stupid as well. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. You didn't so, become a runner until later in life, but you were. You were so I met you. Yeah, yep. I kind of got conned you into me it. into uh, doing a OCR. Obstacle course race, which yeah. I've retired from because mm-hmm. I'm a Clydesdale. Yeah. I can jump over things, but that's about it. Yeah. <laughs> With great form. It. Right. That's right. So then we started running and then we did a half marathon and then Jeff was like, hey, let's do a 50K. And I was like, okay, what's a 50K? <laughs> it's, it's where you run a lot and you keep running and you keep running some more. But you get good comfort food. Right. You do get yeah. comfort food. And didn't you buy a pair of shoes that... Wasn't there a story where you bought? Yeah, that was the San Antonio Marathon. I got a pair of Ons. Yeah, and you 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 bought them, and then you literally just ran in them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, the rule of don't do anything <laughs> new on a race does not apply to Timmy Time. No, no, I've done that a few times. And don't it, eat any food that you've never had before. Except for pickles. Uh, yeah. well, no, you, actually, I did eat a pickle you did that be a pickle, but not a whole one. Right. Not a whole one, just half. Who, who would do that? All right. Scotty. <laughs> <laughs> the big papa. <laughs> the rules do not apply to you. So, Marcy, you, you have always had a heart, I think, for foster care yeah. women. Yeah. And actually have a home now that you're able to care for, for girls that age out, right? In yes. Blake's house? Yes. We started Blake's house seven or eight 14. years ago. Yeah. So it's been a minute, but it was just born out of that last thing I was doing at CASA, which we they had started, the government had started a task force basically trying to figure out what mm-hmm. to do with kids that were aging out because the statistic back then that was going around was 51% of kids in care within one year of leaving, we're either ending up homeless in jail or dead. Mm. And it was just kind of like a staggering, that got my attention. Right. So we were trying to figure out how, what to do, what to do, what to do. And the government was trying to figure out funding and money and programs. And the one thing that kept coming back to me over and over and over again, what these kids were missing, everyone that I interviewed, everyone that I talked to, the same thing kept coming to mind. They're missing love. Mm. It's love. Mm-hmm. We can't throw money at love. Right. And and that's what they needed. And slowly out of that, I just felt like God was downloading to me information. Mm-hmm. And it was like over like a two-year period that I was just keeping these journals talking about the basically Blake's house. I hadn't named it yet, but I knew it was going to be you know, it started out as just a, maybe a group. And then it started out, okay, this is going to be a full home and just getting this information and writing it all down. And and I kind of shared some with Tim here and there, but I really hadn't said a lot about it. You know, I didn't know how this was going to happen and I didn't know where the money was going to come from. I just, I didn't know. And I had a little Bible study group that met at my house and they had gone on this retreat and they came back and I hadn't been able to go. I think it was Stacy's birthday. So I didn't go that weekend with them and they came back and they were on fire and they're like, oh, we got to do, we need to do something. We know you got ideas, Marcy. What are we going to do? Yeah. And I pulled out my journal and I was like, we're going to open a home. Here's oh, what wow. we're going to do, girls. And that was our first board of directors was my Bible study oh my group. Gosh. That's <laughs> awesome. That. Tim, you're buying a house. Yeah, I really did. I was like, we're going to need a house, Tim. You're going to buy it. <laughs> But that was a cool story too. Do you mind sharing a little bit about, I mean, like without getting into like finances and stuff, but so, so Marcia, you, you literally did say like, Hey, yeah, we got to buy a house. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I've been with my company back at for 14 years mm-hmm. and, uh, did pretty well. Yeah. You know, we did okay. And then when she asked us to buy the house, we, uh, and Marcia didn't want a little shack. She wanted, she told me, she's like, I'm buying a house that I would live in. Right. So she wanted something nice so what a she, nice neighborhood nice right, neighborhood right. decent safe. house safe right yeah. yeah so anyway she finds this house sight unseen she saw it i didn't see it. it's the second house where we've actually bought she bought where i didn't see it before we bought it to <laughs> yeah. live in so anyway that's how just eights roll <laughs> right it's always <laughs> worked out sevens are easy right so, it's like, oh, it's yeah, that's, easy. that sounds like fun yeah. right <laughs> But the cool part of the story is, so we buy this house. So we just, so I wanted to have a house paid off by the time I was forty, mm-hmm. and we paid off our residence when I was thirty-eight. So I was like, that is a goal that I met, and I was super happy about it. And she says this, so we refinance that house to get some down payment for Blake's house. We buy it, and then 
man, you talk about God stepping up. My work went kaboom. Wow. And I think we paid it off in three years. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, it, it was just a ride. It, like, we couldn't see. I mean, when you talk about out giving God, there's no possible way. And yeah, he came in full, full flesh and showed us that we can never do too much. He is, he's got our backs and everything we're doing. So that was pretty, pretty yeah. amazing. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So, um, Super cool. Yeah. So, you know, just bless others. Yeah. You know? Well, and you, you and Marcy both, I mean, you guys, that's, you guys have hearts for others and you, you guys give not only your finances, but your time, your resources, your gifts. And so that's why I wanted to have people get a little bit of an insight on you guys. Cause you, you know, of, of the people that I know in my life, you guys are, are the most generous. Plus we're goofy. Yeah. We're Plus we're goofy. <laughs> I, have, I have one other story too. So yeah. you asked me when I started running. So, I was always kind of an athlete. I was never the best athlete, but I always could, always could get by with things. Uh-huh. And then, um, so in 2012, I stopped drinking and then I needed an outlet because mm-hmm. that was basically running my life. So that's when I met Jeff and his crew and we started doing running, running and everything. And if you're looking for an outlet, you know, to do something to get away from any kind of demons that are getting you, mm-hmm. just running was it for me, doing anything, being outside. Mm-hmm. And that's just another blessing that's been in our life for me being sober. So I've been sober for nine years and awesome. Yeah. It's, you know, life changing. Not only, you know, when I was drinking, it was all about me and I didn't realize how many people I was hurting Mm. and affecting. And so changed the course a little bit and now I can see how many people I can actually help. So, yeah. And you said running, but I think too, it's also that community that comes with that, Mm -hmm. right? Having, having a group of friends or running buddies or whatever to help kind of keep you accountable. Mm -hmm. 100%. Yep. Awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, Tim, when you were thinking about, you know, like having the sobriety and, and stuff, what, what were some of the things that kept you going? You know, it's not easy just to quit all of that and then just turn a new leaf. But what were some of the things that kept you motivated? I mean, was it the running or was it just the accountability or? It was a little bit of all that and then Marcy not leaving. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He kind of likes Marcy. sticking around right. was a uh, was a huge huge point in that. Yeah, so. that that makes a lot of sense, yeah. right? I can yeah. I can see why that would be a big thing. Yeah. So, yep. Yeah, and awesome. then you know, just taking care of myself. You know, mm-hmm. I I was never you know I still I eat whatever I want, but I exercise and yeah. you know do a lot of things, so I still get to live a full life. But yeah, yeah, I had to have an outlet, and I can go run and you know thirty minutes, even if it's a short thirty minute run, and just be by myself and just. Pray, meditate, right? You know, not think. I don't run with the phone. I've gotten lost a couple times. You know, <laughs> That's not surprising. Yeah, actually, I was actually up in Milwaukee uh, a couple months ago, seeing some clients, and I went downtown uh, Milwaukee, and I'd never been there. And they were telling me, "Okay, run down the river. There's a lake." So I'm running around, and I was planning on running like four miles. <laughs> and I'm looking at my watch, and I'm like, I'm at six miles, and I have no idea where I'm at. <laughs> So I find I'm running and I stop this young lady and I'm like, Hey, do you know where this hotel is? And she's like, no, but I can pull it up on the map. And she shows me the way, you know, back to the place. So I was like a mile and a half off. Oh, that's not too bad. No, it wasn't too bad, but yeah. That's right. awesome. We're going to do a, like a, what do you call a rapid round? What do you call that? A, a like a rapid fire. Rapid fire. Y'all ready? Okay. Okay. If, if you're going on a date night, favorite date night. Taco Bell. <laughs> food and taco oh, bell for reals uh foot rubs oh that's right y'all oh, like yeah. to go get your foot rub oh like like yeah. you you rub each other's feet or no, no you go oh, okay. okay other people okay <laughs> yeah 
Okay. So we'll go to eat and then foot rubs, but you have to make sure you figure out what you're going to eat Careful first. Careful with your cuisine on that. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. For everybody involved. Not everybody has a squatty potty. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you can get pretty relaxed in there. <laughs> I see what you're saying. Yeah. This Mar- sounds, Marcy this the Ripper. Like you hear me. Marcy the Ripper. Marcy the Ripper. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Favorite vacation destination? Beach. Um, yeah. Cozumel. Yeah, you guys and you guys are divers. Yeah, yeah. Yep. You like to dive, so mm-hmm. beach makes sense. Do you always dive when you go to the beach, or do you also just chill? So Marcy was certified for <laughs> when she <laughs> certified in but scuba, you better, you better, not okay, certified insane <laughs> for a long time, and she always wanted me to get it going, but I was scared. I didn't want to get eaten by a shark, so right. I wouldn't do it. And yeah. then what was that? Three or four years ago? Oh. As I put it, and then Scotty, <laughs> Scotty says, "Hey, we should learn how to dive." Hey, that's a great idea. I don't think I've ever thought about that. I was like, "Seriously, I'm holding up my dusty paddy card." Going, Are you kidding me? But it got him in the water, yeah. and he did it. And now Charlie's certified, so yeah, mm-hmm. we take little family vacations and go scuba diving. That's yeah. nice. Stacy did not care for it. No. She's like, "I'm out." She tried it. She's yeah. like, "Nope." Plus, like, she's married cool. now, so her husband can take her places. That's true. <laughs> So true. What about weekend getaway? Lake. Yeah. yeah, we've we've benefited from the Baser Lake House many times. They were very gracious with yeah. giving that as well. Stephen, do you have any r- rapid fire questions? Um, favorite movie? Forrest Gump. That yours too, Tim? It's all the running. Uh, it's all the running. <laughs> that motivated you. That's true. He does a lot of running. It's oh, a running yeah, movie. Yeah. Her yeah, favorite movie running. is a running movie. That is amazing. <laughs> We learned something new. All right. What about music? Favorite favorite band? Oh, man. That's too hard. No. Yeah. I'm not Jeff Harrell, so I love all just sorts of different type of music. So. Yeah. Need to Breathe is one of my Yeah. Favorites. Me too. It's somebody you've actually heard of. Yes, exactly. And Sandy Patty. <laughs> right. Those are the two bands I know. I actually was listening to them on the way over. I love Need to Breathe. Yeah. Second Chances. I was listening to them on the so way good. Yeah. Anyway. Very cool. But I love a lot of old stuff, too. Okay. That you probably. For being so young, you guys well, surely know yeah, a lot of old yeah, stuff. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Timmy Time, what's the best meal that Marcy makes? Oh, man. Um, Casseroles. <laughs> no. <laughs> Casseroles are good. I'll eat them. Um, she makes this like spaghetti kind of thing, and I'm not a big pasta guy, pasta guy but she puts like peas in it. Ooh. What's that oh, thing? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Pasta I don't know how to. With, I don't know. I don't have a name for it. Bacon. There's bacon yeah. and Whoa. pasta and a cream. There's bacon. Sauce. Same. Yeah. Same. No more. Peas, yeah. So it looks healthy-ish. Yeah, <laughs> I think we've had that before. Yeah, it's pretty good. Well, what about you, Marcy? What's the best thing that Timmy Time makes? I would say steak. <laughs> yes. Yes, Tim makes an amazing steak. Actually, oh my the, gosh. the best steak. I think the best steak I've had. Restaurant or not. It's Timmy time. It's Timmy time. I know. Wow. I don't know what Paul you do. Golden Corral. That's no. where you learned. Is that where you learned? <laughs> well, I've never had a yeah. steak like that at Golden Corral. I promise you that. Tim gets a little better quality meat than yeah. the Golden right. Corral. <laughs> that's true. You worked at a Golden Corral. And that's I where did. You, yeah. How you, yeah. Oh. Was that in Oklahoma? Because they're no, real popular. That was in Utah. Oh, okay. All right. Because yep. Golden Corrals are that's, popular in Oklahoma. That's yeah. A true story. Yeah. True story. Wow. Awesome. Well, it's been fun getting to know the Bazers a little bit. I've had the pleasure of knowing them for quite a while. Our listeners have for about a year and a half, but now I know you a little bit better. Yeah. There you go. 
Awesome. Well, thanks for all that you guys do. Thanks for being part of the show and for yeah, all the so fun, fun and laughter Thanks that you, you bring. Yeah. You guys right. are awesome. That is the Meet the Bazers. Sorry, I didn't get to sing. <laughs> Well, believe it or not, that is the end of episode number 66. I want to say thank you to David for that amazing intro, for Jason Aldridge for sharing his first trail race, for Andy Allen for crushing the Chicago Marathon, and of course, the Bazers for sharing a little bit of themselves with us. They are super awesome people, and I'm glad they were able to join us to give you guys a little peek into just how awesome they really are. And of course, thank you to our audio engineer, Steve. Say it isn't so, Saunders. Well, one thing I want to mention, if you haven't noticed or haven't been there yet, go check out our brand new website. It's BigAssRunner.com. You'll find some merch on there, some things about us. You can sign up for our exclusive newsletter. So check that out. Until next time, we've got some great episodes planned, by the way. Next week, you're not gonna, I'm not going to say it. You know what? I'm not going to share it. you just have to wait. Until next time, please get out there, hit those trails, and keep running your asses off. If you have a, is, if you, oh boy, here we go. Wheels are falling off, Steve. The wheels are falling off. Fortunately, he is fully clothed as he demonstrates the squatty potty. But just know, hey, you know, if you need the latest in gear and technology and, you know, the things that are happening around the world, around the toilet, just, uh, Good. What about you, Marcy? What's what's the best thing that Timmy Time makes? I I have an answer for love. This. <laughs> what do you say? Love. He's making love. Yes. This is a family show, sir. Gifted. I hope this you is a family that. show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you didn't even. You didn't even that I would say steak. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Are you doing this for the homeless? Are you running for women's rights? Or for the environment? Or for animals? They just couldn't believe that somebody would do all that running for no particular reason. Why are you doing this? I just felt like running.